therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that we who glory in the heart of your beloved Son, Jesus, and recall the wonders of his love for us, may be made worthy to receive an overflowing measure of grace from that fount of heavenly gifts. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the first Friday of the month. So it's a day we honor reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And if you've been listening for the last, I don't know, 10 months or so, we've been taking one of the promises each month, Karen Perkins and I, and she's on the phone with us right now. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Father Dan, and good morning, Radio Maria listeners. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. The city's getting busy. Uh, it's very busy getting ready for the New York City Marathon this Sunday. So there's a lot more people in town. And we also have friends visiting from Miami, precious dear friends. Um, Are they uh, running? No, no, no. They're here to celebrate uh, a birthday um, of a family member who lives here. But their their daughter and son came in. This is my best friend from college. And her daughter and son are coming in today from Miami. We celebrated a beautiful wedding with the daughter in August. So they're oh. all coming in for a little reunion in New York City. And so I get to see them tonight. And saw them some of them last night. So it was wonderful. Very it's been a wonderful good. Night. Yeah. So you're back in the city. Back in the city. A little bit of back and forthing. But yeah, back mm. in the city for this weekend and, and next week. Yep. I ran the New York City Marathon. I think it was 1999. It could have been 2000. Um, it's a dreadful race. I don't recommend it for anybody. You did it, Father Dan? Yeah. 26 miles? Yeah. 26.2. Did you finish don't it? short the race. Of course. Whoa. Of course. Fred Hill was wow. the director of global communications for Chase Manhattan Bank. And they were the sponsor that year. And he was a client of mine. And he said to me, you know, I'm running the race. Why don't you run it with me? And, you know, they were giving us like two and a half million dollars of revenue a year in business. So, like, what are you going to say? No. So I said, sure, we'll run it. It'll be great. <laughs> and wow. he was a pretty serious runner. My attitude was this race happens in early November. Mm -hmm. which means you're supposed to be training like all summer right. running on the West side highway in August, sucking in the car fumes. I was mm -hmm. like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm going to train for one month. I will train for October. I will run in the park and whatever happens happens. And like three days before the race, he calls me. He's like, I sprained my ankle. I'm not running, but you have a good race. <laughs> oh, and I was God. like, Fred, you dirty dog. So I ran it and I finished in, God, what was it? I think it was like five hours and 20 minutes or something. It was respectable, you know, but you start the race going up a bridge. Yeah, five, five The first miles. mile you don't even run because unless you're in the front of the pack, you, you walk over the bridge. And you're then the, the last, the last half a mile is up a hill to finish. So it's a hard race. I would but, say so. 
I finished and then my family left and went to my apartment to meet me and I had no keys. I had no money. I had, I had no way to get home. I had to walk home oh, no. after running the race. Yes. It was awful. That's terrible. You can go back but, in time. You can go back in time. According to father Chris Aylar, the slipstream of time, you can go back and offer all that suffering for the Holy souls, even though you might not have thought of it then. You know, I was already back to the church. It was all offered, but oh, I would never do it again. Anyway, we, we digress. Yes. So, uh, today, let's see. The promise today that we're going to go over is those who shall promote this devotion shall have their names written in my heart. So, that means that Karen and I have our names written in Jesus's heart because we've been promoting this for like almost a year now. And I've been promoting it in the parish for almost 10 years. So you can do this too. If you start a little prayer group and say, let's do the uh, devotion to the first Friday, the sacred heart of Jesus. And you could do the first Saturday as well. Why not? Mm-hmm. That's only five months. And then uh, these promises will be preserved for you. And it's not magic. Again, we want to state that this isn't magic. You can't be a serial killer and do the nine first Fridays and think you're getting into heaven. Nope. What we believe will happen happen is that when you engage Jesus through these nine Fridays, is it nine? It's nine. Yeah, nine. Uh, Five Saturdays for Our Lady. Nine first Fridays. races will change the heart of the person and draw them deeper in love with God. And there would be conversion that would happen. So it's not magic. It's, it's God's grace at operating within the soul in a very substantial manner. So this um, promise today is to promote. Now, many of you tell me, oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm not very important in my parish. I don't think anybody would listen to me. That doesn't matter. God puts people together when and where he wants. All you have to do is say, you know, Jesus, I want to develop a devotion to your sacred heart through this devotion of First Fridays so that more people will come back to you, more people come back to your church, more people will love you, more people will console you. Consoling the heart of Jesus is a big deal. You know who took this so seriously? Was uh, Francisco, the little visionary in Fatima. That was the part of the message that he embraced the most. That if he could just console the heart of Jesus every day, that consoling would bring souls back to God. So that's how he interpreted the message for himself. For the little girl, she she her big thing was doing the penance. She said, if I could do the most penance possible, that would bring souls back to God. So they each kind of took a little bit different part of the message. But, you know, to console, imagine you're consoling the heart of God. I mean, can there be anything greater you could possibly do? What do you think? Well, you just reminded me of two things. One, Consoling the Heart of Jesus is the actual name, the actual title of a book that Father Michael Gately wrote. And I, I have purchased it and I have not read it yet, but it's, part, it's going to be part of my research, which will continue. As you say, this has been, this is the 11th month of the year we've been talking about this, but I could research this. I could be studying this for the rest of my life. And, and I feel like just, just be barely scratching the surface. Um, Father Hardin actually said something just to your point a few minutes ago. He actually calls these, he said, I actually want to call these the 12 
conditional promises of the sacred heart of Jesus. Because as you say, it's not magic. We have to be in the state of grace to receive the graces. And and um, I have to just jump directly to Pope John Paul II, because he kind of gave me a new way to look at this promise completely. And the full promise, I'll just say off the top, is though the 11th promise of the sacred heart reads, those who pro- promote this devotion shall have their names written in my heart and it shall never be effaced, meaning blotted out. It shall never be blotted out. It shall never be taken out. I think, you know, every word is always so important um, that our Lord speaks. It has so much gravity and weight. So I think that last part could probably use some of your reflection too. But I want to just quickly read this one quote of Pope John Paul II, who spoke on the 11th promise. And he said, I wish to express my approval. I love this. I just love this. I wish to express my approval and encouragement to all who in any way, the shy and the extroverted, who who in any way continue to foster, study, and promote devotions to the Sacred Heart of Jesus in the church with language and forms adapted to our times so that it may be transmitted to future generations in the spirit which has always animated it and animated the church. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, very beautiful. Um, there's so much weight know, in that. You know, there's so much living, substance to that. Yeah, we're living in such a crazy time. By the way, this person speaking with me, Karen, if you listen to Radio Maria during the day at various points, I think three times a day, we play the message, the current message of Medjugorje. This is the voice that is, uh, is like, what would you call it? Dubbing Our Lady? Yeah, doing voiceover, You're doing a voiceover for Our Lady. (laughs) It's just a little pressure. Yeah, but it is, you do a good job. It's very sweet. So, Consider this, this last message, October 25th, dear children, winds of evil, hatred, and peacelessness are blowing through the earth to destroy lives. Stop there, hard stop. That's, the the queen of heaven and earth is warning us about what's actually happening on earth. Evil, hatred, and peacelessness is blowing through the earth to destroy lives, to destroy people. So what could be the greatest remedy is to have your name engraved on the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I would say having your name engraved there means when it's time to get in the ark, we can just crawl on into that Sacred Heart or her Immaculate Heart and be uh, literally like protected from the storms that are coming and are currently, even I would say here. This is a time to spread devotion to the Sacred and Immaculate Hearts, and I would add the Pure Heart of Joseph, uh, to everybody you know. You know, just go buy a pack of 50 prayer cards of the Sacred Heart and start handing them out saying, hey, who wants to get together on the first Friday and go to the church and have mass in reparation to Jesus? You know, <coughs> excuse me, i catching something. Me too, if, yeah. Even if your priest doesn't want to do it, you can still do it without him. This is a personal devotion. It does not need the okay of the priest. You simply go to mass, you go to confession. Uh, that's That could be the bigger issue is getting to confession. I'm hearing horror stories about people trying to find – a priest to go to confession to lately because they've so many have been boiled down to by appointment only which right. really means i don't want to hear your confession 
Right. You know, if people, if priests really wanted to hear confessions, they would have set hours. Um, but nonetheless, pray to your guardian angel to find you a priest to hear your confession. It's a good. Our Lady recommends once a month anyway. This way, you not only honor her request, but you're also getting uh, reparation to the Sacred Immaculate Hearts, and you're also plenary indulgences are available when you're doing these things. You know, if you're already going to confession once a month, receiving communion, praying for the Pope. And then if you pray the rosary in a church, boom, there you get a plenty of indulgence. Did you go to the cemetery today? I didn't go today because Not yet. I'm in Manhattan. And you know what? It's been a, it's been a venture of discovery. My husband, who's quite clever. Um, oh, actually. Down no, at the bottom at Broadway and uh, Wall, there's that cemetery at Trinity Church. There's Broadway and Wall. And um we ended up not going to that one because we were meeting friends and I wanted to go to mass again on the day of, we'd gone to the vigil, but I needed to go that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went to St. Peter's church, which is not far from our lady of victory. Yeah. In the that's, that was the morgue during nine 11. That was the, Oh, was it really? Yeah. yeah. And so you come out of there and just go around the corner and there's a, um, uh, St. Paul's Church, which I, which is, I believe, Anglican. <coughs> Excuse me. Big cemetery in there. I mean, okay, for, for Manhattan, at least, yeah. at least twenty headstones, at least behind, <laughs> behind gates. Big, right? yeah, big. <laughs> well, I mean, for Manhattan, that's big. But yesterday, we went to a tomb on Twenty Third and Fifth. I mean, hey. It's it's remains, right? It's a body. It's yeah. that's that counts as a cemetery. Who is it? Oh, I knew you were gonna ask me that. Major General. Major General. I tried to take a picture in the dark, it didn't come out. My husband can tell me later. So it's like the um, flat iron building, basically. It's kind of like yeah, Close. it was between we were going between twenty third and thirtieth on fifth to meet friends and it was right right in oh, wow. the middle bit. Good for you. Yeah. And then so today I might end up having to go back there again. But then what about this? St. Patrick's Cathedral. How many times do we forget? There's a crypt downstairs. Oh, right. Right? With Pierre Toussaint. Blessed, is that blessed or St. Pierre Toussaint? Blessed Pierre Toussaint? I don't know. Pierre Toussaint is in there. Um, And, um, well, now Cardinal Egan, um, who is next to John, Cardinal John um, O'Connor. Okay, so these are still people who need prayers because they're not canonized. Okay. Yeah, okay. so that that would count. Oh, right. Because ah, yes. So if they were blessed, if it was just a saint, you, that you, yeah, I see what you're saying. So um, yeah, so there's different opportunities, but you know, people out in the suburbs who have a car and can just go to a cemetery, it's just so easy. But during these eight days, in case people don't know what we're talking about, there's the octave of all souls that goes from November first through the eighth. On an every day of this of these eight days, and I don't believe you have to do all eight days, right? It's just you're getting the maximum um, amount. Right, of- right. You don't have to do anything. But, no. You know, this is for the benefit of those. If you think these poor get- souls in purgatory, you can release a soul from purgatory if you have had confession um, within. Um, I think it's within that week, a week before or a week after, and um, of course, first Saturday will take care of that. So that's that's what I'm planning to do, um, because I know I can get there. Because I know I can get confession on first Saturday during the week. Mm-hmm. It's difficult, um, and I won't go into why it's difficult for me in the city because there are certainly 
venues available, but sometimes I'm singing at that time at the mass. And then by the time I'm done, I can't get there in time and they won't wait. Well, you know, down by Penn Station, there's several Franciscan churches that have it all day. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you'd have to get on a train. Yeah. Which I'm not loving to do these days, but let me not digress <laughs> anymore. It's taxis all the way. Um, it's uh, for the Lord. But um, f- so I want to just get back to the plenary indulgences in a second. But before I forget, Father Hardin had said about this particular promise, and maybe you can tie these things together. Father Hardin had said, um, if you are to practice this, this is so this is so practical, it speaks to your first point. If you are to practice a devotion, you also must promote it. Makes sense. If you really love someone, you want to share that which is precious with them. And what is more precious, what could be more precious than our deep love and our dedicated love to the sacred heart of Jesus? And a devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus is a devotion to Jesus present in the Holy Eucharist, period, he says. Period. He's mm. such a great speaker. And now we're in the middle of a Eucharistic revival. I mean, he he died almost 20 years ago. He says, isn't that neat? <laughs> because you see God becoming a man has a heart and is alive, dwelling, as we believe, in the Holy Eucharist. The more we do to promote devotion to the Blessed Sacrament, which is the living, pulsating heart of the Son of God dwelling in our midst, the more this Christ will not only bless us, but everyone whose life we touch. I mean, between Father Mon- Father Hardin and Pope John Paul II, I don't even I don't think I even have to read the other priests' quotes on this because they're just so mm-hmm. they're just so substantial and and meaty. It's just it all ties together. And with the Eucharistic revival today, it's it's his heart. Jesus became. He was God. He became man. He has a heart. He came to Sister Ma- Margaret Mary Alacoque in 1672 and visited her in such a profound way, attaching so many blessings to her and to us through through the promises that he's given for mm-hmm. devotion to the Sacred Heart. And she even wrote St. Margaret Mary in her diary, how happy, how happy are those who promote this devotion? How happy are those? So there, there, there comes with all of this such a, a peace and then then a joy, a happiness. And as you said, promoting it can be as simple as getting those cards. I want to do that myself. In fact, people, you know, leave they leave those prayer cards in the back of churches all the time. Can you just imagine buying a whole bunch and just hitting up every church that you go to and just mm-hmm. leaving them back there? I wanted to do that. Um, I actually want to do that for the seven sorrows of mary which i've um become very devoted to over the last year and wanted to talk to you about that too but mm-hmm. um you know it, yeah if we, if we can stay in a state of grace if we can if we can do this for love of god <coughs> not ourselves it the the promises and the and the and the benefits are they're just amazing you know would you consider you know especially when you're walking around college campuses and places like that you see all these big stately buildings um, with these, and hospitals too. It's always at the hospitals. With these family names engraved into the bases of these pillars and these big corners. Mm-hmm. And it's to memorialize and symbolize the commitment and the dedication and the generosity of those who have pledged, you know, usually millions of dollars to 
get keep the institution going and and further its advancement and so they're recognized for it by the institution but imagine having your name not engraved on a marble building but on jesus's heart for your dedication and your generosity and your commitment to him it's a whole different level like once you're written on jesus heart as he, as karen mentioned it's not going to be erased or effaced there forever so like those marble buildings one day will be rubble they will go away at some point but his heart's never going away so like that is such a cool thing i would love to be at a dinner party with a bunch of billionaires who have all their names all over the place and i just be like hey guys my name is graved on the heart of jesus christ how do you like that right <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. amazing it's crazy it you know, sometimes I, I have to actually, it's like coming up against not a wall, but like this, this little, this little clear bat, like a veil. I don't know. It's like, can this really be true? Can this really be true? Could, you know, of course, could we All be, things worth, are possible could we be with worthy that. of this? Could we be worthy of something so big? It, it's, it's like, you have to approach this every day and like say, yes. Worthy please. is a hard word because, you know, we're, we're just. We're a mess as a, as a race, you know, and, and God knows that. But it's like a baby, you know, they're so beautiful and sweet and you can't help but cuddle them, but they still spit up and poop. Like right. it's part of being a baby. It's part of the human condition is we, we have flaws, mess up. Mess but it doesn't change how much he loves us. And it's through his love and mercy that he allows us to be done. It's, it's all about him. It's not about us. Um, and it begs the question, if you people, well, how do I get my name on his heart? Propagate the devotion. That's it. And, do and it like, and then propagate it. Right. And like Pope John Paul said, and this added dimension for me, and maybe this will this will help someone else, to foster, comma, study, comma, and promote. And it's, this has been such a blessing for me this last year, Father, because although I actually en enabled and enacted this practice in 2021 with my husband going to the First Friday devotions every Friday for nine, nine consecutive Fridays, and people, you will find out once you start going and you finish it, you will just, it won't be an effort. You'll naturally just keep going. Uh, but after doing that, that was, that was almost only, only the first step. And when he says to foster, uh, St. Pope John Paul II says to foster study and promote devotion, all this study has been such a gift. And I've, and I've, I'm only just scratching the surface. I invite people to look at this book, um, Heart of the Redeemer by Timothy O'Donnell to go through all of uh, Father John Harden's studies and talks and YouTube conferences on the Sacred Heart. He was a wonderful teacher on it. And there's so many priests. Um, Father Michael Gately, as we said, Consoling the Heart of Jesus is all about the Sacred Heart. But I loved what when, when um, St. Pope John Paul II said, um, foster, study, and promote uh, with language and forms. And I thought that was so interesting. Language and forms. And that brought me back to um, to that that the image of the stained glass windows. I mean, the, the, that little church in La Crosse, Wisconsin. They're promoting the devotion just by having those beautiful twelve promise stained glass windows. Yeah. And the eleventh, that's through art as visual. Somebody who maybe you know can't hear, whose deaf could just get so much symbolism from this. And for the eleventh promise, it's uh, the names of those who promote this devotion will be written on my heart, never to be effaced. They symbolize that through stained glass with 
showing Christ's face as it is imprinted on Veronica's veil, just as he, to symbolize, just as he left a picture of his face in gratitude for Veronica's kindness, so will he imprint our names in, on his memory if we develop in ourselves the love of God. So that's a visual form. And as you say, we can do it with cards. We can do it through prayer groups. We can do it through just staying after mass on the first Fridays and gathering people, saying the rosary, you know, saying those prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Apostles' Creed, and always, always pray for the Pope's intentions, which we have to do also to uh, for the plenary indulgence, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, I just want to mention, I was last time I had the opportunity to cel- concelebrate Mass with Cardinal Burke, and um, afterwards he he spoke a little bit, uh, and, and he, he normally doesn't delve into matters of, uh, um, how shall I say it? Um, well, certainly martyrdom. He was speaking about the days we live in, and he said, you know, we it, it's it's no longer an option to kind of be on the sidelines or on the fence. I'm paraphrasing 100% here, but he said mm-hmm. the message was, you know, because the way the days are heading, you know, we're going to be persecuted. We're going to be sidelined. We're going to be, they're trying to crush us, basically. And he goes, and many will, will have to give up their lives. And this isn't the first time it's been said. J- JP2 said this in 2000 to the youth group, the youth festival. But um, Cardinal Burke is usually very stayed in his comments. I rarely ever hear him talking like this. So, you know, uh, even more of a reason to get close to the heart of Jesus. Because, because look, the days we're living in are absolutely nuts. And uh, if you're going to be a practicing Catholic, you're going to be persecuted. That's just the bottom line. That that shouldn't be a bad thing. Blessed are you when they persecute you for my name. You know, you, know, you will have a place in heaven. So uh, perk up, <laughs> become the saint you were made to be, and set the world on fire, as St. Catherine of Siena would say. Thank you for being with us, Karen. Lovely job today. May Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is Father Dan signing out. Thank you so much for listening to the Radio Maria podcasts. It's thanks to listeners like you who donate that enable us to continue delivering quality content to listeners around the world. If you'd like to contribute and help us keep spreading the message of Our Lady's Son, please consider making a donation. You can reach us at 888-408-0201 or simply visit our donations tab on our website at radiomaria.us. Your generosity truly makes a difference. This has been a Radio Maria production.